Hi, so today we have our first guest, Amanda Kavanman. Hi, I'm Amanda and I'm a senior at Westmont and I'm excited to share my story. Okay, so if we want to just kind of jump right into it, uh, how exactly did your journey with cancer begin? Well, during my junior year of high school, like at like near the end of the fall semester, so in like December-ish, um, I like was, I would just randomly like get really bad like sharp pains in like my lower right abdomen. And like at first they were very like spread apart, like there wasn't really any like pattern. But then like it was like every day, like I couldn't walk, like the pain was like that bad, like mm-hmm. in my lower abdomen. And I was like, that's not normal. <laughs> and so I was like, maybe I have like appendicitis or maybe something's wrong with my appendix because that's like where your appendix is. Right. And so then I went to urgent care and of course, that took like a million hours to get into <laughs> urgent care. Yeah. And then they basically, like, one of the doctors, like, came in and was, like, feeling around my abdomen. And, like, I was really bloated and stuff, too. And she was like, yeah, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? No way. And so then I went, um, oh, yeah, I went and got an ultrasound. And, like, the guy that was giving me the ultrasound was like, are you sure you, like, just started noticing this in the past few days? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay. And so I, like, definitely could tell that there was something wrong. Mm -hmm. But, like, the nurse that's, like, doing the ultrasound can't give you your results. Right, so, like, no one was telling you anything. So you're just kind of sitting there hoping something's working. Like, they're figuring something out. Yeah, I was just sitting in the waiting room for probably about like two hours or something. And like, I literally had no clue what to do. Mm -hmm. And then like, I got a call from, I don't even know. Oh, cause this was at like Valley Med, like in Santa Clara. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, I got a call from like the doctor or whatever. Mm. And they were like, hey, you need to stay overnight and we need to keep like a check on you. But they still, like, wouldn't really tell me anything. Mm -hmm. Like, and so I was, like, completely just, like, lost. And then I got another call that was, like, oh, yeah, so you have, like, a tumor. We need to check on that. We need to do some x-rays. We need to do an MRI. That's just, like, a lot at once. Yeah. 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 And I was, like, I remember, like, I would, I, like, got the phone call. And, like, the first thing I did was, like, called my aunt. And I was just, like, crying. And I was, like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Because before this... I had been, like, so healthy. Mm. Like, I had, like, never gone to the hospital for, like, literally anything. Like, yeah, I would have, like, a flu, like, the cold or a flu, like, here or there. But, like, I would never be, like, sick. And so, like, I wasn't really used to being in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I feel like it was all just so much at once. Like, I went and got an x-ray and then I went and got an MRI. And then I, like, got up into my room, like, in the middle of the night And then the next morning, they were just like, yeah, so you have an eight-inch tumor on your right (laughs) ovary, so we need to do surgery to get that out. And I was like, oh, okay. And I think also, like, of course, we're friends. So I know this. (laughs) I just wanted to clarify this. Um, What type of cancer do you have? 
I have small cell ovarian cancer, mm-hmm. hypercalcemic type, um, and stage three. And like, when I first found out that I had a tumor, I was like, oh, well, the doctors are saying that it's like, um, it's not cancer. Like the doctors say that people get like tumors or cysts on their ovaries like all the time. Mm -hmm. They were just worried since it was like so like that big Mm -hmm. of a tumor. Right. Like on my ovary. (laughs) And I just had no idea. Mm -hmm. And so I basically got an exploratory laparotomy or something like that. Okay. Where they like basically just like cut. And so now I have like a six inch scar like going down my stomach Mm -hmm. because they basically just like cut me open and then like they took out the tumor they took out my appendix they took out my right ovary and then they took out like some lymph nodes Mm -hmm. in the area because like to see if it had spread and it did a little bit but not any further than like my lymph nodes which is why it's stage three and then the more they just like talk to me about my cancer the more like like scary it got yeah because like (laughs) yeah okay obviously but like normally like when people get cancer it's like oh like you have like breast cancer Mm -hmm. or oh you have like yeah like a stage two ovarian cancer or something Mm -hmm. but like when you're told you have this type of cancer that you've never heard of before you Mm -hmm. instantly think that it's like it's bad horrible it's bad yeah Mm -hmm. and like it is i mean like when And then after my surgery, I got transferred to Stanford, Mm -hmm. where I, like, am doing my treatment now. But, like, I, like, when I got to Stanford and we were talking about my treatment plan, Mm -hmm. like, none of the doctors or nurses seemed very, like, confident. Mm -hmm. Because Stanford had never treated my type of cancer before. Right. And I'm, like, the 540th case in, like, medical history. Wow. Like, around the world Uh that has my type of cancer. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when Stanford was trying to figure out, like, how to, Mm -hmm. like, do my treatment plan, they were, like, reaching out to places in, like, Canada and, like, Europe or, like, France that, like, have had, like, small cell like ovarian cancer like cases right to like get some like input on Mm -hmm. what to do and that's basically how it started and then they just transferred me over to stanford and i just didn't i did my chemo there Mm -hmm. i did my stem cell transplant there and now i'm finishing up radiation there yeah Yeah. wow look at how far you've come i know (laughs) and then i kind of wanted to focus more on the emotional side Mm -hmm. of cancer like do you think that you coped with your treatment well? Like, is there a good way to cope with treatment? Like, what... How exactly did you kind of attack that emotionally? Ooh. Um... I feel like... I feel like I had this mindset that, like, I need to be crying about this. Mm -hmm. I should be crying about this. I should be upset. I should be, like, scared. I should be worried. Yeah. But there's really no, like way that you should react to cancer Mm -hmm. because it's such this like it just has this like stigma around it like oh my god you have cancer Mm -hmm. you're sick you're gonna die yeah like that's that's what everyone thinks when you say i have cancer and 
usually when you like you get your diagnosis and everything you're like oh my god this is like horrible like like when you like see all like the Grey's Anatomy like mm-hmm. doctor shows on the TV right. like the people that have cancer are like portrayed as like like literal like they look like zombies mm-hmm. like they look like they're like extremely ill yeah and so like obviously I was scared but like and when they told me about my diagnosis yeah I was like crying and stuff of course. but I like I feel like I didn't have that big of a like oh my god I have cancer this is so sad this is horrible mm-hmm. I feel like I just kind of took it as like I have cancer mm-hmm. I can't change that. I can't control that. I just have to, I just have to deal with it. I just have to keep going. Yeah. Like, I never really felt like I had, like, an emotional, like, breakdown about it. Uh Uh-huh. I was kind of just like, okay, this is how it is. I have to do the best I can. Mm Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of my friends and family were very emotional about it. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that kind of made me think like oh maybe this is a bigger deal than I'm like perceiving it as yeah because like when I told all my friends and when I told my family like they were crying they were emotional and everything and they were scared and obviously I was too but just seeing that like oh wow I have like such a strong group of people that like care about me and care about my Mm well-being like really helped yeah personally I liked the text message <laughs> when you texted the group chat oh yeah after, that you had cancer after, after you can tell my, the story yeah um after like my appointment I don't know what you would call it like mm-hmm. meeting with my right ecologist uh-huh. I guess like to kind of talk about my treatment plan mm-hmm I, like, wrote everything down in my notes. Like, what type of cancer, what Uh stage, like, what my treatment plan's gonna be. And then I sent it to a group chat that I have with Anjali and, like, one of my other friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure you were at softball practice. I was. I was at softball because I remember I saw... Basically what happened was it was a minimum day. Mm -hmm. And for minimum days, like, my team, like, our little squad, we... Our little, our, our, little our little squad. <laughs> our little gang. Mm-hmm. We always, like, either stay at school and, like, order something for food. Yeah. Or we, like, all go out. So I was with Ellie. And I opened it. And I was, like, the first thing I thought in my head was, can you imagine this being your notes app? Yeah. Like, at such a young age, to have to worry about all of these things and have to, like, and to have to, and have to write them down and um, just, like, having something so serious happen to you at such a young age like I just started crying and Ellie was like and Ellie was like hugging me and she was like it's okay it's okay and um before I think we all tried to keep it on the low because obviously this is something that you have the power to like tell other people like this is not I'm not gonna go around and be like Amanda has cancer Amanda has cancer yeah (laughs) so this is the first time I like kind of said it out loud Mm -hmm. and I said it to Ellie which like like I just felt like I just needed to talk about it. And she was, yeah. like, hugging me and holding me. And, yeah. That was that was the first time that I kind of, like, reckoned with it. And since then, it's just been... I think that I kind of kept the mindset that you did. Like, Amanda's strong. Amanda will get through this. This is just, like, one obstacle in, like, a long life. Yeah. And, like, a happy life. Mm-hmm. But go on. Sorry, I didn't cut you off there. No, that's basically it. Yeah. 
I feel like like I feel like the hardest part was like telling my friends and family. Mm-hmm. Like the hardest part wasn't like me, like coming to terms with it. I feel like the hardest part was me, like telling people about it mm-hmm. and like, yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. And then, what is this like? Do you think that your mindset has changed at all ever since? Let me let me rephrase that. Do you think that after going through radiation and going through chemo, your mindset has changed at all? Like on life and oh, just yeah. how you should attack things and mm-hmm. assess things? Definitely. I feel like going through chemo, going through like all the scans that I've gone through, like I would never wish an hour and a half long MRI on anyone. Those are horrible. Mm-hmm. It's just loud beeping and you can't move for an hour and a half. And they like give you, you watch Pitch Perfect. Yeah, and they, yeah, and they give you movie goggles. But like, since I wear glasses and I like can't see far away, yeah. like I can like see like ten pixels of the movie. <laughs> like I like, it's so bad, but. I feel like going through chemo and going through, like, a stem cell transplant, mm-hmm. and I'll talk about more, like, about what that is in a little bit, yeah. but, and then, like, going through radiation, like, I have realized that I can do so, like, I'm capable of so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I can do so much more than I thought that I could. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like during my junior year, I was more, like, Like, I would get, like, obviously I would get burned out from, like, or, like, my sophomore year and, like, the beginning of my junior year. Obviously, I would get burned out from, like, school and, like, just, like, everyday things. Mm -hmm. But, like, I feel like after going through treatment and, like, just, like, taking all my treatment the way that I did, I just, like, feel like I could literally just, like, do anything. Wow. Like that I, is so empowering. No, I that just is such a I, great way to view the situation. Yeah. And I feel like I could literally just do anything. Because and like that's crazy to say because but it's like something I've heard a lot mm-hmm. as well. Like all of like the nurses and mm-hmm. doctors I've had, they've always like preached me uh-huh. for like oh my god you're so positive you're like yeah. like yeah. through all of this like you're mm-hmm. so strong you're so brave mm-hmm. like you're like staying so positive mm-hmm. but that's like the only thing that I knew that I had to do mm-hmm. because the moment that I lost that like mental strength or like positivity during treatment mm-hmm. like the moment I lost that like I would not have gotten through treatment like I would not have been able to do that mm-hmm. because like especially for, like, such, like, a rare and aggressive cancer that I have. Mm -hmm. Like, when I got chemo, I had to, like, be in the hospital for three days receiving chemo. Like, it wasn't just a, like, oh, I'll go to the hospital, get my chemo, and then go home. Mm -hmm. Like, I had to be there for three days to monitor my side effects and everything. Mm -hmm. And then, like, for my stem cell transplant, I had to be, like, there for, like, like a month. Mm -hmm. I was there for a month, yeah. And, like, if I, like, thought negatively or thought, like, oh, my God, I can't do this, like, there's no way I would have been able to, like, get through that. Because, like, if my mind gave up, then my body would have just given up. Wow, yeah. Um, This is kind of a weird analogy, but, like, with my guitar kids, when I'm teaching Mm -hmm. guitar, I always say, like, you have to meet me halfway. Yeah. Like, 
I, as a teacher, I'm gonna give you all these resources. I'm gonna tell you how to do this, this, and this. It's up to you to keep up that mindset of like hard work and practicing yeah, that exactly. will bring us progress. And I feel like that's kind of the same thing with like you and your doctors. Mm-hmm. Like you're, a doctor can only do so much. Yeah. You kind of have to meet them halfway and give that same like positivity, that same strength in everything mm-hmm. you do. And that's the only way yeah. to get through anything. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> and then more on like the emotional aspect like seeing that radiation has kind of of course how long is it what two weeks one week two days something for radiation yeah I've been doing it for six weeks yeah and then I my last day is supposed was supposed to be tomorrow uh-huh. but I had to miss a day since I was feeling sick mm-hmm. so my last day is gonna be on Monday. Mm-hmm. And then I'm basically done with treatment. Yeah. Which I'm like so excited for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have like a few mm-hmm. like surgeries that I'll have to like finish out with, but like treatment wise, I'll be done. Right. Like yeah. the cancer part. Yeah, like the cancer, the cancer part. part. Yeah. And then what have you learned most from the situation? Ooh. Uh, I feel like. I mean, like, kind of just, like, based on, like, the attitude thing. Like, your Mm -hmm. attitude can change, like, so much. Mm -hmm. Like, if I was just, like, there in the hospital just, like, crying and saying, like, oh, my God, this sucks. I hate it here. I just want to go home. Then I wouldn't have been able to do it. I feel like I've, like, the main thing that I've learned is that mm-hmm. like attitude changes everything like you said yeah like your like output mm-hmm. into like the world like changes everything like how mm-hmm. you perceive things changes them yeah because i could have perceived cancer as this like like disease that's like gonna kill me like which is very well, okay <laughs> which it very well might but <laughs> but like i i didn't think of it that way yeah i just thought of it as like another bump in the road mm-hmm. that I just have to get over. Yeah. And I think if I thought of it as like a, oh my God, I'm just like gonna die and this is gonna be horrible. Then what's, then what's the point in trying? Yeah. 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 Well, that's beautiful. Like, all, can- I'm like trying to find a good way to say this. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously all cancers are different, but like, you never know like what someone is going through mm-hmm. like obviously yes i am bald <laughs> and i have like no i actually my eyebrows are growing your back. eyebrows are growing back my faster eyebrows than mine are growing are. back it's bad <laughs> go on yeah like obviously like my eyebrows are growing back but like the first thing that you see when you see me is like oh you have no hair like obviously yeah. and that's like such like a big social thing mm-hmm. that i like at first hated like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I have to get all these wigs. I have to, like, get... I have to, like, hide this. I don't want people to know. Right. But it's, like... It's it's part of me. It's part of my life. And it'll always be, like, a part of my life that I, like, tell new people I meet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that, like... You, you just never know what someone's going through based on, like, how you look at them, obviously. Like, you could see someone that's like has like 
has like a wig on, but it looks really realistic mm -hmm. and like seems like totally fine and everything. Mm -hmm. But they could have like just gone through like six weeks of chemo. Mm -hmm. They don't have any hair. They're like trying their best to keep going, mm -hmm. like things like that. Yeah. And I also want people to know that like nurses are so underrated <laughs> like and they like obviously you think oh like a nurse a doctor that's like such like a big job mm -hmm. but nurses do so much and i appreciate them mm -hmm. so much like and the type of nurse you have like very clearly like changes how your treat how your stay is in the hospital because mm -hmm. i would have like favorite nurses or like really positive fun nurses that like made the time go by faster and then i would have nurses that like didn't really talk to me and i would have like a really boring day mm -hmm. and they like do so much and they're so helpful and i think everyone should appreciate nurses more go stanford <laughs> <laughs> go cards <laughs> yeah okay but that's all <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you. Yes. Okay, there we go. Okay, hi. <laughs> okay, we had some technical difficulties, but I think I think it's all fixed up now. So perfect. Okay. So what are you doing? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, we kind of like, we don't have any like specific like goal mm -hmm. per se of it other than just like to let like you guys like share kind of type thing. Okay. So like I sent you the question, sorry, it came a little mm -hmm. quickly. I was, a, I was at practice if you couldn't tell. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we just kind of wanted to make this an opportunity for you to like talk about yourself and your journey with cancer and seeing that you're like a Westmont alumni, I guess. <laughs> um, we just felt that you had a, you were someone that we could go to with like a story to share and something to talk about. We're also interviewing another one of our friends who has mm -hmm. cancer and we just kind of wanted to have multiple perspectives and be able to see kind of like how your guys' journeys have differed or how they're similar. And yeah, so I think the first question that can, if you're, if you're ready to start the interview, of course, yeah, okay. I'm good. You guys are <laughs> is how did your journey with cancer begin? Okay, so let's see. I got diagnosed on May 13th of 2023. So, like, a few months right before I graduated, or, like, the month I graduated, actually. Um, I didn't graduate from West Palm. I moved during my junior year, but I still went to West Palm for, like, two and a half years. Um, so, I found out right before graduation that I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, and leading up to that was about a month of testing and trying to figure out what was wrong because... Uh, my neck was really swollen and if you're familiar with like the lymphatic system, that's where your lymph nodes are um, So all the doctors thought I was just really sick didn't know what was happening Turned out it was cancer and so I got diagnosed right before I graduated which sucked um, I missed the last like two and a half weeks of my senior year um, I'm an athlete so I had to uh, end my softball season early um, 
and then I started treatment, like, literally a few days after I got diagnosed. So I went into the hospital, started doing testing, more scans. Um, I started a light round of chemotherapy that week after I got diagnosed, and then I was able to go to my graduation, um, just to, like, be at graduation and walk. And then I had a little grad party, and then the week, a few days after graduation, I started chemotherapy, like, full-on um, treatment. And so my treatment plan was I was in the hospital for six days, uh, and I got chemotherapy every day I was in the hospital. So that was six days of chemo. And then I was out of the hospital for two weeks, um, and then back in for another. And that happened for six cycles. So I was in the hospital and from... June to like the first week of October because when you're going through treatment your immune system is really really um, impacted and you can get really sick really easily because you have no um, you have no white blood cells uh, so I got sick a few times I got really bad infections throughout treatment so then that delays chemotherapy even more because they can't give you that kind of medicine when your body is already still like low in counts because then that'll just like destroy your body even more um so yeah then I was done with treatment I want to say October 9th was my last day of treatment or my last like the end of my last cycle um and I was I was deemed in remission which is basically um no sign of disease in August so that was a few months before my last treatment, but they still have to finish your cycle of chemo just to make sure they get it all gone. Um, so then after that round, I was, again, like they proved that I was in remission by doing scans and all that stuff. So um, yeah, I was able to kind of go back to the normal life somewhat. Um, so I had to delay my first semester of college. So now I'm in my second semester. My first semester was in January. Um, I'm at the University of Hawaii uh, at Manoa on Oahu. <laughs> um, but yeah, I stopped treatment in October, was home for a bit, um, and now I'm here. And I've been here for a few months. I have scans every three months to follow up for five years. So uh, every three months for the next five years, I have scans to make sure they Everything is good. I still remain cancer-free. Um, that's kind of like the short story of the journey. <laughs> I don't know. You guys need more detail, but that's basically what's been my life for the last like year or so, which is so crazy. Like, I look back on like my Snapchat memories, and I'm like, that's so weird that it was only a year ago, and now I'm living in a completely different state and like going to school and. I'm healthy, that I, I, to my best knowledge, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know because I have scans yet, so I'm like, well, hopefully I'm okay, but right now I'm healthy and I'm living life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, thank you, that's like perfect, um, and looking back on it, obviously you're saying that, you know, it like comes up in your Snapchat memories and you're like surprised that it was only a year ago, do you feel like you coped with it in a healthy manner like as much as you can cope with it and like is there even like a right way to cope with it or you just have to be like wow this really sucks <laughs> yeah so when I got diagnosed like that first like two weeks was really hard um 
And honestly, I think hearing that I wasn't able to go to school in the fall was the hardest part mm-hmm. for me. Um, I wanted to go to school here since I was like, literally like five. Like this, this has been like my dream school since I was really little. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had such like, I was so ready. I was so set. Like I'm going here. I'm going to go to school. And then hearing that I couldn't was like, it was really sad. And I couldn't finish my softball season. And I mean, you it looks like you play field hockey. Yeah, we are both play senior? softball yeah. too. Yeah. Are you? She's are you a senior. senior. I'm a senior. And I'm a junior, yes. and we both also play softball. So we okay. understand. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, like missing out my last softball season. Like not even like all of it, but just that like last month and a half because. I was not, like, physically capable of playing for the last, like, month because I was really ill. And so, like, that that sucked because softball – I've been playing softball since I was five, and I it's, like, my sport. That's my favorite sport. <laughs> um, so that really sucked. But, I mean, throughout treatment, the I think the best thing for me was staying positive and having – keeping a positive mindset, even though there – there were weeks that were really hard and I mean I can't like describe it it's other than hard um Mm -hmm. but staying positive was the only thing that kept me going because if you're in and I I know it's harder for people to like I I don't know how to say this my my um my treatment plan wasn't as intense as some kids so Mm -hmm. I know I made a friend with a kid in the hospital. Uh, he's eight. He'll be nine this month. But he's a leukemia warrior, so he fight has been fighting for about a year now, um, and will still be going for another two years of treatment. So that's like two, three years of treatment. So obviously, mine was a lot shorter. Um, so I think just keeping the mindset that it's you're getting better, and this is helping you get rid of the disease that's killing your body, and that like you are fighting it and you are beating it that helped a lot because if you're in that mindset where you're like down all the time it's just going to make the days go by longer and Mm -hmm. it really makes you hate it like even more um so I think I coped okay honestly I feel like the hardest part for me was transitioning back after treatment um to quote-unquote like normal life like Mm -hmm. what is that after treatment like I don't know and it's weird because you try to go back to like your old self, but you'll never really be that because you've you've experienced so much in so short amounts of time, and not everybody, and I hope not everybody has to go through that. But like you have a different you have a different mindset on life too, and like I don't know, coping with it after treatment was weird because you have to go through that like adjustment period of. This is my life now. I have scans for I don't know how long. I don't I don't know if I'll remain in remission for how long. I don't know if the cancer will come back when I'm older. Like all the side effects that you get from chemotherapy. I don't know if that's gonna happen. So that was weird. But I think I think now I'm doing a lot better with it and then like the Snapchat memories will come up and obviously everyone has trauma in different ways, so Sometimes seeing them is really hard, but I have to remind myself, like, I'm here and I'm healthy and I'm going to college at the school I wanted to go to since I was little and then doing all the things and enjoying every day as much as I can. 
and that I think that helps a lot. You kind of mentioned really. Sorry, that was a really long. No, no, no. Of course, we're we're here to listen. Yeah, but um, you kind of mentioned really briefly that you had a different view on life. Do could you maybe go into depth on like whether that was a more positive view of like oh I've made this huge achievement or was it more of a negative like paranoia ish kind of mindset I guess. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a weird in between. Like, I don't know how to describe it a whole lot. I feel like I, not that I didn't embrace life before, but I I embrace it a lot more now because of how close, I mean, how come to death pretty much, like as brutal as that sounds, but um, you, you definitely, like I've definitely paid more attention to the little things like well, the way the breeze in the trees sound and the way the ocean crashes on the beach and stuff like that. Like just enjoying as much as I can in every day and trying to make the most out of every day. And I mean, I understand everyone has bad days and I do too. It happens. We're human, but like trying to keep that, I don't know, like openness of like today's a new day. Let's try and make it through at the best we can. Um, but there were definitely days where I was like, this sucks. Like, I <laughs> I feel like I can't do certain things or whatever. Like, now I can do most of the things again because I'm fully back to, like, healthy and back in shape. But, like, after treatment, I mean, you spend so much time in the hospital, you're out of shape. Your mentality is a lot different than a normal person. Um, or, like, not a normal person, but, like, an everyday person. Um so I don't know. I think for the most part, the mindset is that to make every day count, you know, like YOLO. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of, that kind of outlook. Totally. I think that like one other thing that like Amanda's kind of mentioned and that other people have mentioned, it's like the relationships that you build like during an experience like that and kind of like seeing like how you how you said you met someone um that was like going through a similar thing in the hospital as well as like obviously being with like family and friends like do you think that that helped you through the experience and like made you kind of realize like who were like who you really were close with and who you who really you could count on with anything like do you think that that kind of played a factor into the new mentality of of being able to get through it yeah, absolutely. Um, I So the, the little boy I met in the hospital, my sister is eight. She'll be nine in November. So I I love kids, and I actually want to teach when I'm older. So I connect with kids really easily, um, and I'm going to school for teaching. So that's, I mean, I've, I met a girl the first week I was in the hospital. Her name is Anjali. She's a leukemia warrior as well. Um, she's eight or nine. I don't remember. Um, but anyway, I made friends with her. Um, we don't have any of her contact or like any of that because, um, her mom doesn't really speak very much English. She was uh, mostly Spanish speaking. Um, but me and her became really close and we saw each other every few, uh, clinic visits. So like at doctors, um, and then a few months later I met Eddie who is, he'll be nine this month. 
who I mentioned, he's the Leukemia Warriors, uh, and he's in maintenance chemo now. So he doesn't have to go in the hospital for long periods of time for chemo. Uh, he can do it at home now. So that's um, really good that he's getting better, and so they're uh, letting him do more things so he's able to go to school now and all that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think meeting somebody, I mean, it's a really special bond um, because the families, um, our families, like, connected because we're going through very similar situations. And, as I mean, it is weird because I'm, like, 10 years older than these kids, <laughs> but they're like, they're, like, my best friends in the hospital because they're really all that I had. And because I was diagnosed at 17, I was in pediatrics, so I didn't really have any kids, like, closer to my age because it's all little kids for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of little kids. So I made friends with a lot of, like, elementary age kids. Um, and then there is one girl who I met. Her name is Acacia. Uh, uh, she lives... Or I don't know where she's going to school, but she lived in Chico, so she drove really far to get to the hospital because my hospital was in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, she got diagnosed at high school graduation, wow. and so we met because we had similar stories, right? Like both graduating, yeah. both get diagnosed. Uh, she had a form of bone cancer, so she had like a knee replacement surgery, and then it came back in her lungs, so now she had to get a lung surgery to get it taken out and then it came back and then she was in chemo again um but i think she's cancer free now from the last time i talked to her uh so i've hung out with them like a few times and eddie the little boy is probably like the closest bond i've made in the hospital um we still are in contact with him and his family and uh our families are hanging out and all that stuff so that i mean it's special finding somebody in the hospital who you can relate to, but also are, like, just good people and um, are going through, unfortunately, the same thing that you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all my friends were amazing. Um, they were all there for me. They, I've had so many people reach out, and so many of my parents' friends reached out, and my, my friends' friends have reached out, and... Um, yeah, I mean, my friends, my family, my boyfriend, they were all hands in, like, helping out our neighborhood, our community where we live now up near, um, like, we're in Placer County, which is near, like, Sacramento and Tahoe. So the community up there was really, like, we, they held fundraisers for our family. Um, they, they, there was just so much love put towards our family. And I, I can't say thank you enough to everybody who has... Uh, reached out, was donated, was whatever, you know, all the things. Um, because it really does, it it makes you feel special and it makes you feel loved and it shows you that people are thinking about you and caring for you and it reminds you of, like, how, how many people you have in your tribe and who's in your backyard if you need them, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, they're just there for you and that that... I think helps the most out of everything. Um, even the doctors and the nurses that I've had, they were all amazing people. And I think, I think surrounding yourself and being with people that you know care about you and love you for who you are and are just there for you to help you get through that 
it, it means the world and it means the absolute most. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so grateful you guys have reached out because I did a I did an article last semester. I don't remember. I think it was Isabella who yeah. um, interviewed me, and I played softball with her growing up, actually. Um, so thank you guys for reaching out because I like to advocate for childhood research, childhood cancer research, mm-hmm. uh, especially now that I've gone through it and I've seen how how poorly funded it is and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of it, course. It means a lot to reach out. <laughs> Of course. And, like, in that note, like, is there anything specific that, like, is there any, like, foundations that you would recommend people, like, donate to? Or, like, I saw there's, like, a, a, a walking thing, something like that. Um, is there anything like that that you want to, like, mention that people can can be a part of and help out with? Yeah. So, my mom, uh, she organizes my, um, it's, like, my page that has all my photos of treatment and all the info about treatment it's called Ryland's Wild Ride uh, I can put it in the chat if you guys want to yeah of course it. Um, but we are hosting a Alex's Lemon Rain Stand they do a I think it's called a million a mile or something like that um, and you check your miles you can walk I don't know however miles how many miles you want and people donate say like a dollar every mile and that money all goes to uh, childhood cancer research and so this year we're fundraising for specifically ATRT which is a form of brain cancer and my cousin was diagnosed at seven months old with it Um, he's now three and he has been cancer free since I stopped treatment so we stopped treatment around the same time Um, but it is one of the rarest forms of brain cancer and it has like very, very, very little research. And so he was kind of a guinea pig. And he's just a little baby. Um, and he had he was like a guinea pig for scientific research and chemotherapies and all the different drugs. And so they, it really needs more funding. And um, so that's something you can do is track your miles. You can sign up for our team. The Instagram has all the info on it if anyone is curious and wants to do it. So I do it because I'm, I mean, I go on hikes here all the time. So I just... I literally just log my miles, and then it um, each mile don't uh, raises funds for a certain amount of money for childhood cancer research. Um, and it's really easy. All you have to do is sign up and log your miles. Um, Children's Hospital LA. I don't know if they take uh, like donations, but they. I know that's a really big. Um, it's kind of like St. Jude's. It's very similar, mm-hmm. hospital-wise. Like, and. Um, any like I don't really know a lot about which foundations to donate to but I know that those are very very like common um so those work but yeah childhood cancer uh gets four percent of cancer research funds Mm. um only four percent out of a (laughs) hundred percent so (laughs) yeah all the rest goes towards adults and breast cancer research um and I think prostate but I, I think that's it um and then we get the remains pretty much mm-hmm. um and it's not enough for how many kids are diagnosed every day and every year and how many families have to go through it and um 
I don't think I ever realized like how how many kids are diagnosed with cancer and how many teenagers are diagnosed with cancer because it's not something that's really commonly talked about. I know like growing up, I've, I've seen like Make-A-Wish uh, commercials and I'm officially a wish kid. I got to go to Disney World. Um, <laughs> but like you see those commercials growing up, but you don't actually think about it and you don't like realize like how many kids it actually is affecting. Um, and it's a lot, and we, we deserve more than that 4%, 100%. Um, and, yeah, September is Childhood Cancer Research Month. Um, so if you are curious, that is what <laughs> September is in the whole, like, cancer month. So I know October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, and I know a lot of schools do the whole Pink Week. I know Westmont does it. I don't know mm-hmm. if they still do it, but I know they did do it. Yes. Um, so I think I think there just needs to be more of a voice behind childhood cancer research as well. As breast, I mean, breast cancer is one of the most common cancers in the world. So 100%, they deserve all that love and all that. But I think we deserve some too. <laughs> and um, yeah, so our color is gold or yellow, or the yellow ribbon. Um, if you're curious, that's our color. Uh, for lymphoma specifically, my ribbon was neon green. Um, but yeah, childhood cancer research or childhood cancers are the gold ribbon. Um, and September is the month to donate, to research, to do what you can, to learn about it. Um, if you can, and if you have time, because it does, it does make a difference. Um, but yeah, that's, I think what I have to say about that. (laughs) Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Um, Rhonda, sorry, my dog is just <laughs> the dog is wandering around. Dog is, oh, okay. Oh, hi. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think that's yeah, that's kind of everything that we wanted to to talk about. Thank you. This was a uh, very helpful. Yes, very informative. Yeah. Thank you for Thank sharing you with guys. us. I hope to uh, do more stuff like this in the future. For I, sure. I'm trying to be an advocate and a bigger advocate um, now that I've gone through it and. I love talking and I love talking about it because it's something that needs to be talked about more. Um, so yeah, if you or any other students in the future, like ever have something like this come up, I'm 100% down to, to talk about it and do it and all that fun stuff. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. You're very well spoken. So it's, it's very, (laughs) it's very easy to understand. I feel. Um, as much as we can. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we won't keep you too long. Um, but thank you so much for, for talking with us. Of course. Well, goodbye.